So, hey, welcome back, everybody. We're here with a, a very special episode of the Skeptics Review podcast. We are joined by very special guests all the way from California, uh, the amazing uh, band Blacklist Nine. Y'all going to want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, my name's Graham. Hey, this is Lonnie. I'm the drums. And I, I am Kyle Silva. I play guitar. All right. It's all right. All right on. I'm the arbiter. I'm joined by the scientists. What's up, guys? What's yeah. happening? What's up, dude? And Rachel. What's up? Hey, how you doing, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. Right on. All right, well, we're, we're glad to have you guys on the show. We've been, we've been checking out your music, your latest um, album, and we really, really like it right now. It's, it's totally awesome. Thank you, sir. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Man, yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, guys, like, I mean, coming from Texas uh, and I myself being a huge Pantera fan. <laughs> I can totally appreciate the groove. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear the influence, but I mean, I still hear a new voice for sure as well. So that's super refreshing, you know, to to hear and like hear like, you know, riff centered, heavy, you know, music, you know, coming back and not being forgotten. You know, it feels like it gets forgotten a lot, you know, lately. No, you're right. It does. I was actually just having this conversation with my mom about it a couple of days ago, how um, it seems like the industry changes so much to where it's like, it's nice to hear a refreshing voice again. Cause when I was getting into heavy music, like it was like lamb of God and like hate breed. And now mm -hmm. it's like the things that people are getting into is like stuff like uh, Amity Affliction and Knocked Loose or in bands that are like just straight up hardcore, which I'm not, I'm not downing it, but it's, it's not like the genre that we grew up on listening to, you know, it's different now. Yeah, and, and I hear that. No, go ahead. No, uh, I was just going to say that, uh, I mean, just music in general has changed so much. And uh, a lot of musicians that are, I guess, what you would call, quote unquote, big right now, a lot of them are trying to discourage people from getting into the music business just because it's so complicated and so weird right now. I, I think I think you got to be a different kind of person. Uh, to do this, to really want to be in the music, you got to be a different kind of breed of person because, you know, it's not just about playing music. There's also the business side of it. And, and if, and if you cannot take on the business side of it, man, you, you know, you're not going to last long. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to that makes it. sense. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's more than just music in the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Things have, things have really changed. Uh, you know, being the older guy in the band, uh, Kyle's dad here, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was in playing in bands in the 80s, late 80s, 90s, Hollywood and stuff. And, you know, everybody was getting signed if they had big hair and looked pretty. All the guys with those <laughs> bands were getting signed and they, they kind of yeah. ruined it for everybody. Uh, they were just yeah. really bad bands were going through and then it just took a big dump. And, you well, know, I mean, let's be real here. I'm still pretty fucking ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, it's changed. You know, now you, you, you they're, just, they're not nobody signing, you know, rock metal bands anymore anything heavy it's you know it, it, everything has changed and i've seen you know i've seen it big time well, so. I, I i actually have to disagree i don't think like some people are not signing like rock and like metal bands right now i just think they're signing they're what, what we're seeing right now is the more mainstream artists getting the the spotlight right now instead think, of like seeing like bands like fucking like 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 
for me personally, I'm like a band like uh, Code Orange, for example, should have blown up way bigger than they did than they are. Like they're they're pretty big right now, but only in the heavy music genre. Well, I think mm-hmm. well, I think he's more talking about like Universal, Warner Brothers, and Sony, like those big guys, because those were the guys that were signing metal back in the day. Yeah, don't they still yeah. sign metal? Nope, I thought they did. No, it's all their subs like a Roadrunner and a stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we got we got. We got sidetracked. <laughs> no, I mean, that's all right. It kind of leads to the question, you know, the way the way the music industry is going. How do you guys stay true to your sound? I mean, you know, it, it's got to be tough in a way. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is. You know, I mean, we, I mean, we, we bring in something that like really has been missing. But again, I mean, we're not we're not playing to like the forum because you know everyone wants to see ariana grande at the forum you know (laughs) (laughs) it's it's you know it's a it's a very delicate balance but if you love it that's the first priority that you gotta love doing it first yeah that's awesome i mean we checked out your latest album um and i gotta admit you know i texted these guys i was telling them you guys gotta check out this music you know our better being a huge metalhead you know, and Rachel also, I mean, so they really enjoyed it. And what can you tell us about the influence that led you to record this album? Uh, well, I mean, coming, uh, the, the music on that album, like the instrumentals and everything like that was lyrics, instrumentals, and everything like that was written by, by my dad and I. And, with, and then when we, got, when we got Graham in the band in 2016, that's when everything kind of came together. So for me personally, like influences for me, like I'm not gonna lie, I'm a fucking big Pantera fan. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm a big Pantera fan. I'll get that out of the way. I'm a big Sabbath fan, Van Halen, yeah. you know, Randy Rhodes, you know. So it's uh, so that was it for me. I just wanted it to be heavy and something that I'm happy with. How about you guys? And how did and, and how did Kyle learn of Pantera? Well, that's because of me because I'm a huge fucking <laughs> Pantera fan. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I've just. I've always been a metalhead uh, myself and uh, a Sabbath and my mom and dad got me started on that type of music. And uh, that's all I played growing up uh, on drums. And uh, I, I listened to others, jazz and progressive rock, but my heart is in uh, the heavy metal, just uh, that, that style of music. Yeah. Right on. I think it's super cool. You got like a legacy going, you know, from parent to parent, you know, and, and you know, we've seen a lot of, you know, brother, uh, formed bands, Van Halen, you know, uh, ACDC, Pantera, of course. And then you guys have mm-hmm. like a father-son dynamic. What do you think that that, that kind of brings to y'all's like musical, you know, sauce, for lack of a well, better word? Yeah. Well, if Kyle doesn't do what I tell him, I spank him. <laughs> right on. <laughs> we'll go right now. We'll go see you around. You can hit him with a drumstick or two. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, throw, I'll just throw my guitars. <laughs> axe. Exactly. I'll throw my axe. There you go. God damn it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, speaking that? of which, I'm a guitar player, and I love the, the Washburn uh, dime uh, stealth that I saw in one of the videos. Killer axe, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I think I mean for me personally, I think they need to bring back that guitar because it's such a beautiful, like, like sleek looking guitar, man. You know, they I mean they they don't make them anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But they're hard to find. Yeah, I've they're tried. Very, and they're expensive if you find a real one. Ugh. Yeah, 
Well, I can't see Kyle on a, on a Les Paul because he's six foot three. He's kind of dwarf. He would dwarf that little guitar. I do. I actually, that's why, I mean, that, I mean, that, that's why for me, I play like odd shaped guitars, like MLs, Explorers, Vs, is because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, like, I've seen guitar players that are taller than me and they play Gibsons or Fenders. And I'm like, dude, you kind of look like a giant. You're that thing. I think you wanted to play the theremin like a fucking man. I am a man. That would set you guys apart for sure. <laughs> Bring a whole other dynamic to the, to the thing. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, well, I mean, that, that guitar just screams metal, you know, and it's yeah. just, it just fits right. It's great to play sitting. I could go on and on about guitars, but uh, maybe going. we can say that for a future podcast. Um, so... You know, crazy thing is, I I don't know Jack about about guitars as much as you guys do. I mean, I was I was raised drummer, uh, trained in drums. I know Rachel also is in drums, so I mean, I want to talk to yeah, about drums for a second. Go ahead, go right ahead. Uh, so tell us about your style, man. Like, is it all just inspired by by Pantera and these guys as well? Well, I um, my drumming is uh, started out. A big influence was John Bonham from Zeppelin, of course, um, and Bill Ward from Black Sabbath. Um, this is from my mom. My mom just got into metal and we, she'd go out and buy the albums <laughs> and we play them on our, our little record player. And, I, and that's what I got into. And then Van Halen came into the picture in 78. And uh, uh, that's that's kind of where I where I took off uh, doing. And then as, later on, just hearing when Pantera came to the picture, I was like, what is this? You know, it just blew me away. And ever since then, I just just, you know, everything's been big Pantera fan and you know it's a shame Vinny and uh, Dime aren't here anymore man because mm-hmm. I would love to have met those guys if this band takes off and gets big those are the two guys I really really want to sit down and have a drink with and talk you know oh, the, yeah. have mm-hmm. a black tooth grin drink with them and uh, just talk you know yeah for sure that's awesome man and you know and going back you know listening to the album you know we do hear a lot of Pantera in your music, you know, and one of our favorite tracks, you know, my personal favorites, and I've noticed that it's getting a ton of hits, is Madness. You know? <laughs> and yeah. I mean, this is a song that I'm already like playing on my on my stereo, my car stereo, my daughter's already listening to it. You know, we hear a lot of Pantera, and you know, I also pick up a lot of Rage Against the Machine. That would be for me. That's from Graham. Yeah. All right. So Graham, what can you tell us about that? Um, well, exactly. Uh, he was um a complete influence in my life like of course like i grew up listening to rage against the machine like every every kid my age did like i can't you can't tell me like you heard you didn't hear bulls on parade and just want to like break a fucking window dude like it was fantastic it was like i because i also like really like I, but it was not just exactly that roja like i was also really influenced by a lot of 90s hip-hop and a lot of like and a lot of old school punk as well nice. So like that, you could probably hear that in my voice when you hear me like doing the the flowing as I call it because I don't even call madness like a singing song. It's just like I'm just giving flow. Yeah. Like I'm not even like hitting notes. I'm just rapping essentially in that song. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, cool. One thing that uh that stood out to me was that I, when I was hearing these tracks, I could hear uh, also that that new band Fever three three three. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, well, who influenced them? Rage Against the Machine mm-hmm. and that's where it all came out yeah it's, it's pretty interesting yeah no it's cool it's, it's cool because i'm starting to see like speaking of fever 333 they're playing they're actually playing la tomorrow night but um, <laughs> oh nice yeah i, I might not be able to go i'm kind of sad about that but <laughs> but it is one of those things that's interesting to look at speaking of that band because like we're, you're starting to see a lot of the bands that influence like bands that are coming out now in the 
heavy yeah. metal and like in the heavy metal and hardcore genre. Because you could start hearing mm-hmm. like I like I completely agree with you. I do hear Rage Against the Machine when I listen to Fever Three Two Three. Just like listening back on our music, I hate to, mm-hmm. I hate to say it because I love to say it. We sound like Blacklist Nine, but Madness is a complete <laughs> Rage and influence song for me. Definitely very much so. Yeah. So you're, you're starting to see and, that transition happening now. Yeah. Yeah, and it shows it, it's uh it's a great composition. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. much. You know, uh, staying on the vocals, uh, one of the things that also stood out to me is uh, like you got great growls. You've got yeah, like your your rhythm, your flowing, but you've also got some some like death metal gutturals kind of like, layered in there. Uh-huh. I really dig. You know what I mean? I like the the mixing of all the different kind of vocal approaches. You know, it doesn't seem like you're not sticking to just one thing and like fitting it for each song. Yeah. How does that come about? How do you natural? How do you choose like what what approach to take for each song? It's got to be about the feeling, like, because when I do that last scream on Madness, that's literally, like, that was literally, when we wrote that, I felt like it just needed to be there for it to, like, amp, amp it up, you know? So it's one of those things where you got to have a feeling for it, like, it might not even be the last note that you're hit, that you're going to hit, it could be, like, in the middle, like, as you see in uh, that our song, Legally Sane. I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a guttural vocal. Paranoid in my skin. Yeah, paranoid in my own skin, I say that guttural vocal, and that's, like, the second verse. And that because that was where it should have been, it was perfect for it. So it's one of those things like you don't really like kind of just have a structure for it. You just have to figure out where the feeling is going to be for it. You know. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, it definitely fits. It all feels really natural, and I think that's one of the things that really like drew me towards it. You know, or kept me like engaged because it did, like nothing felt forced. You know, I like the the flowing. I for a band with one guitar. You know, to flow from, you know, the riffing into the, the leads and then to, you know, transitions are, you know, I think for, for metal music, I think one of the key parts that a lot of people maybe take for granted. And uh, I think you guys pull that off really seamlessly. And that's, yeah. that's, that's a really great mark, you know. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I actually wanted to uh, talk about bass really quick, if that's all right. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be I'll be uh, filling in for, uh, for our man, Jay May. All right. Um, I noticed like there, there's quite a bit of um, pretty nice, I guess, meshing between the bass and the drums as usually in pretty good bands. You, you can see that. I'm, I'm wondering if there are some bassists or bass drum, I guess, compositions that you kind of studied growing up to to get your groove. What, what, what's, well, what's funny about, about, <laughs> about the album, about the album uh kyle played all the bass we had no bass player at that time so okay yeah yeah. like i said i've worked with kyle since he started playing guitar at four years old and uh, Mm -hmm. he's when he got to the point where he could play where we could work together i've always helped him out you know just just jam with him for whatever you know hour whatever just you know showing stuff so you can say that we it just it but what we came up with and how he recorded and how the way i play we we just mm-hmm. we just have that groove, you know. We, we kind of go off each other's. Um, when we when we write new material, it's kind of weird because we'll be we'll be playing, and I'll look at him, and he'll like know what where I'm gonna go, it, with, with okay the, with the beat. So like with madness, you know, it just when we were you know writing it and putting it together, he just knew. We just looked at each other and we went to the next part, and that's how it, that all came together as as that song. Uh, it the the demos that we have for that song are. are a crack up because the tempo is there. We're like, we're playing it faster. We're trying different mm. ways to play it. And 
when it came to that, the way the finished product was it, that, uh, that little groove thing, it just, it just fit. Everything just came together. And from there we took off. Wow, yeah. Temple's pretty sweet. So, um, one, one question, uh, so like, where did the name of uh, blacklist nine come from? Okay. Kyle, you want to answer this one? <laughs> I'll, I'll answer this. It's funny. Cause when, <laughs> when Kyle and I were deciding on a, a name for the band, I jokingly said to him, you know, father and son, he, you know, he's like, that's stupid. I said, yeah, well, I, I shortened it. Yeah. To initial F, the initial N and then the word sons for F and son. So it'd be father mm -hmm. and son. So we were, we were playing shows at the whiskey in Hollywood and we had people come up after the show and, you know, liking what we did. And then, you know, how'd you come up with a name? Does it mean you're, you're fucking your son? I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, no. seriously. No. I, told, I, told, I was like, I was like, I was like, I fucking hate that name. Yeah. So, so, so that, I told the guys uh, uh, what had just, they, I just got told. So we're like, no, we got to change the name. So I, I was, I was sitting, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I was sitting on my couch, uh, just watching TV and a, com uh, a commercial came up and it was the show Blacklist. And I'm like, yeah. that's a freaking cool name. So I, I, it needed something else, not just blacklist. So I started, I added colors like blacklist red or black, just trying something different to be different. And I started counting mm -hmm. and uh, in God's honest truth, when I got to nine, I stopped. I said, blacklist nine, that's it. And that was, and that's how the name came up. People ask us, is that like a military covert operation type name? I said, no, <laughs> it's off a of TV and I count to nine. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I just sometimes the easiest answer is the best, right? Or the easiest approach. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is Kyle came up to me one day and said, How do you feel about the name Blacklist Nine? And I was just like, Sure. What's actually funny about that name? Everyone always asks us, What is it what does it mean? And I go and I and I ask him, What does a Pink Floyd mean? Led Zeppelin with the death interpretation. Yeah, you know, blacklist nine can mean whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's literally it's not just one standard thing. Like, it's like you could be it could mean you're blacklisted. It could mean like the co like a covert operation to someone in the back of their head. When in reality, it was just Lonnie just hanging out. And just <laughs> drinking a few beers and shit. Actually, no, I picture this with a fucking Chianti or some shit with a fucking. No, not fava beans. I'm not. I'm not having <laughs> on this shit. But yeah, it's, but it's just it's cool because it's like one of those things where it's like good. I always think good art is left up to interpretation. Like art could be whatever yeah. you want it to be. And to me, I'm looking at that as just one of those things where it's like we invite the listener or the viewer to leave that up to their own interpretation. Yeah, you don't want to give everybody spoon feed them all the info they need because then there's no. Uh interaction you know they're, they're not bringing anything themselves into the music and connecting with it exactly yep they're not they're not investing anything in themselves so they're not thinking about it yeah so guys uh we've uh we've um been following um eclipse records for some time now so what can you tell us about working with them how has that been for you guys oh it's been great you know i mean we've uh before we got with eclipse and with chris at eclipse Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were just doing, you know, we were just trying to get our name out there, you know, I mean, as much as we can in L.A. And, you know, L.A. LA is just a very uh, competitive market in music, you know, it's out here. Yeah. yeah. And so one day we were sending out we were sending out demos to Chris and he liked us. And now and, and now we've been being played all over the world. 
you know, we've we've grown we've grown so much in the following that you know it you know it would taken us years to do it, but with Chris and Eclipse, it's it's absolutely amazing. How about you guys? It's been a plus. It's I'm I'm really happy that that Chris liked what we're doing and he believes in the band and uh, I just I just see bigger things with them uh, helping us and uh, get our name out there. Yeah, it's been a it's been pretty interesting. Because looking at the looking at the statistics from uh from what we were like just like not even like a year ago to like when we got announced as being signed and all that everything's blown up like so crazy fast that it's like i i was at my i was at my friend's birthday party a couple of nights ago celebrating her 30th and 3030 what what um <laughs> yeah and then like some dude at the bar came up to me and was like hey man i know you from somewhere like aren't you in like some band or some shit i'm like oh yeah yeah oh he's like oh shit you're in that one band yeah i just followed you i like your guys stuff that's cool and then the last time we played out in fucking Lancaster, a town about thirty minutes uh, north of uh, Santa Clarita, like so we so the last time we played Lancaster, this dude came up to me. He's like, "Dude, I had no idea like you guys are like from out in this like SoCal area, like the, and I'm it's, I'm within driving distance and it's crazy." And I stopped and I was just, like in the back of my head, I'm like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" But who the fuck are you? <laughs> uh, like, I'm not trying to be offend. I'm not trying to offend the dude. I was like, I, I'm I'm not used to that. Yeah, like, I'm not used to random people coming to me and like, "Wow, man, you're fucking great." I'm like, I I I, I don't know you. Security, security. I need an adult right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, look, looking at y'all's uh, uh, resume, I mean, just a little that, that I got a chance to read. I mean, you guys are already playing Whiskey A Go-Go, supporting John 5. I mean, getting airplay on, on internet college radio stations, things like that. I mean, you guys are out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting bigger. Uh, the sh we're getting calls from, from uh, the clubs to open for uh, bands. Like uh, we opened for Vince Neil from Motley Crue uh, in wow. December. And uh, like cool. we, op we opened for Accept, uh, probably a month before that, and and they called us and asked us to to if we've interested in being the the band before the headliner, and things are you know they're really going good. They they I guess you know we got something that everybody's interested in and the promoters are liking it. Uh, we have some more shows coming up uh, later on in a couple months. We're opening for Quiet Riot, and uh, wow. so we're open for Lita Ford, and they they asked us to open for them. Uh, so it's it's. It's it's moving. It's it's doing very well. That's I saw that uh, you guys opened for for well supported John Five on that Whiskey a Go Go show. Um, did you guys get to meet him at all? Uh, no, but we did get to see a sound check. Yeah, yeah. amazing. amazing. <laughs> okay, just, yeah. the guy is just so amazing. He's but... got no eyebrows. But he's got no eyebrows. I I, I probably think so... it was the makeup because he wore he wore makeup. Like, no, I think I walked up close just to look and be. I think he was just like just a fucking weird ass kid staring at me. <laughs> just like yeah. what? came on afterwards. Yeah, the Slash and Rob Zombie came on when they came on uh, during uh, John Five set. I think it was, if I remember. So it was a it was a good show. It was a really good show, and it was. It was cool. Uh, so many John Five's eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dude's awesome. Don't get me wrong. He's incredible. But it's kind of like, just imagine staring at someone with no eyebrows. It's like. You got to do a double take. Man? What? 
you end up doing like a double take when you see something. Something's off. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And then after that, security <laughs> took Graham out. <laughs> no, they saw I like how the conversation <laughs> shifted to John Five eyebrows. Wait, 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 no, 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 they didn't keep you just that. opened up a whole can of words. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, John Five, you hear this? I love you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We all do. Well, but at least it's an interesting thing. You know, he's got his whole vibe, his whole look, and his whole you know approach to stage performing. Is that something you guys uh, like are conscious of? avoiding or just i mean obviously you want to keep true to yourself is that something you you would ever see like in your future like taking on like some kind of persona you you mentioned like vince neal i like motley crew had that whole thing you know back in the 80s yeah yeah what uh, the persona i mean when i woke up this morning and put clothes on i would walk on stage and that's what you would see me play mm. uh there's there's no when i put no uniforms on makeup. or makeup and stuff now we just want to come out just uh, you know, shorts and a shirt, and let's 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 tear into this mother. Let's just, just get this machine rolling, and you know that this that that's that's the way I look at it. I, I'm not in. Uh, I'm not putting any any makeup or looking like anybody or doing dumb, you know, uniforms and stuff. But uh, you know, if you see me in the morning, that's probably what you're going to see me on stage later that night. Right on, uh, a raw, honest approach. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's the most honest way to do it. I like that. Graham puts yeah. makeup on sometimes. We have to tell him to take it off. But <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with black metal, sir. <laughs> a little bit of eyeliner is not bad. <laughs> I was painting like some upside down cross on my forehead and shit. There you go. Yeah. Now you're SoundCloud, SoundCloud rapper. Hey, don't. <laughs> don't. Guys, I saw that that the song Mental Hostage was featured on, on the TV show Shooter. Oh, yeah, Mental Hostage. I mean, what can you tell us about that? That's got to be awesome. Yeah. Um, like I said, I work in the movie and uh, uh, TV industry. And uh, the creator of that shooter uh, TV series became a big fan of, of, our, of Blacklist Nine. And um, we gave him our demo. And he listened to it and came back to me and said, hey, I want to use uh, Mental Hostage in one of the scenes. He said, it might not be long, but you guys will be on there. And, uh, and yeah, they used it during that uh, little gas station gunfight scene uh, it was it was uh, short but it was you know just just knowing that you know we can hear ourselves on there and that, that's that was pretty cool i was i was very thankful for it and uh uh it, it was it was it was big i i think it was big for us to be able to come out of, out of nowhere and be on a, a a big tv show and have your music played and that's awesome that is super cool you know if you guys could like go back in time and like get your song, one of your songs onto like one of your, you know, like favorite movies, action movie, horror movie or whatever, which one would y'all choose? Um, I would go for like, um, like, a, like a Suicide Squad or Harley Quinn movie. Cause like, I think like madness could totally fit on that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that would definitely that. Fit. Yeah. I think Tombstone um, would be good. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> all, be a the gun, all the gunfighting and having uh uh you know <laughs> cali smile go off while they're they're all fighting in the western type movie <laughs> i think that would work oh yeah man i don't and know it, how many times I, I, I just got off i just got done filming uh uh sunday uh the heart harley quinn that the, the suicide squad uh it's called birds of prey i just got off that movie uh filming 
And I, I, I agree with Kyle. I think watching them film the stunts and uh, uh, stuff for the movie, Madness would be such a great song to put on the soundtrack of, of uh, that new Harlequin uh, movie coming out uh, sometime in the future. Man, that's awesome. That's pretty That would be, uh, I think it would fit perfectly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, what the stunts and stuff they're going to be for the movie, are, are, it, would, it would be really cool. But yeah. It's nice to dream. <laughs> There's no more chance of like sprinkling uh, CDs around the set. What was that? There's no more chance of sprinkling any of the CDs around the set, hiding them here and there. Well, well I, I was. I, it, what, uh, I carry my drumsticks and the drum pad with me everywhere I go. It's in my bag. So when I'm in one of the vehicles and the crew gets in or the actors get in, first thing they see is the drumsticks and uh, you know, are you a drummer? No, I'm a guitar player. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, right, right when they say I, I, I'm baiting them, you know, I got my fish and my hook line out there and, you know, they, they grab the bait and they're like, oh, you're a drummer? I said, oh, yeah. And hey, by the way, I play in a band, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're signed. And, you know, I just I just give them the whole spiel that I already have in my back of my head. And, oh, I got to check it out. And then they hear it come back to me you know, later or the next day and say, I checked you guys out. Oh my God, it's great. It's great. So I'm hoping somebody that I've connected with is a producer or, you know, somebody that knows somebody that can push our song onto, you know, the soundtrack. But that, that's what I do with every show I'm on. I, I uh, have those drumsticks sticking out and they see them and they start asking questions and I just start blabbering about the band. <laughs> Right on, man. Hey, yeah, I'm like a, that's how it's done. I'm like a pimp. I mean, I, I really <laughs> pour this thing out, man. So, guys, I know the album just came out on March 22nd, but what's next? We're um, we're, well, we got yeah, we're looking into to get some tour dates going. Uh, West Coast, probably. We're looking uh, at uh, Arizona, Colorado, um, Utah, Vegas, uh, maybe Oregon. Uh, uh, that's what we're trying to put together right now. Um, we've got uh, uh, a booking. We're, we're, we're in talks with a booking agent, uh, marketing people, and uh, hopefully get us out even bigger and further out from California. So that's where we're, we're kind of at right now with, uh, with touring and stuff. But we do a lot of local shows just to keep the band tight and fine-tuned. And if we make a mistake, we'll know how to fix it. So when we get on the road and playing for other people, we're not going to make those mistakes or we know how to cover ourselves. If we do something dumb, you know, miss something. Yeah. You got to keep it well oiled and ready for like, you know, the crowd interaction and, and being in front of a live audience. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's why I keep telling these guys, you know, I, you know, I did this back in the late eighties, nineties, you know, I was, I was, you know, I played in bands, I did all kinds of stuff, you know, and then be back into it again. It's, it's really crazy. So I, I hate telling the guys, you know, I've been there, done that. But sometimes I have to say, we need to do this, do this. We need to play these shows, whatever, because just, you know, it's it's going to come back and it'd be a, it's going to be a plus for us because we're going to be a, a fine-tuned machine when we get out on the road and, you know, we're, we're doing it for other states and hopefully other countries and stuff, you know, that, that we're, we're, we're a proven, you know, band that's ready to take on the world, basically. Fuck yeah, badass. Yeah, sounds good. I was uh I saw some a couple of your live videos. Um I can't remember where it was. I just noticed that it was like kind of a small club. And I really enjoyed uh the live energy that all you guys bring to the stage. I like how there's so much energy because it really makes if it's two people or 
2,000 people, it makes them feel like you're giving it your all. And it, that's really cool. I really enjoyed your live performances. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank that's, you. That's what it, that, that's what it really matters, man. You gotta, I mean, for two people. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if there's one person or there's, you know, 300,000, man, because you, you, you do not know who's in that crowd. You gotta, get, yeah, you gotta yeah. give it 100, 110% every time. I mean, if you're playing to the bartenders, you know, hey, that's, you know, that's what you're doing. You know, you're, you, exactly. You said you're going to come out and play and you're going to give 110%. And I've always, I've always pushed that with the band. Uh, you, we got, it doesn't matter, man. We could, we'd be disappointed. You know, it, it is disappointing when you have a big crowd, but what you, who's there, you are going to give them a show. You're going to give yep. them 110%. And, uh, and so hopefully, you know, it's, it's going to pay off in the long run. Oh, for sure. For you sure. Ever, uh, like perform in front of a, a crowd that maybe wasn't ready for your heaviness or, you know, and then you kind of had to like win them over. Yeah, we did this. Oh, we oh. did this. Oh yeah. We did this show back in like, showcase. yeah, we did a showcase in down in uh studio city in California and it showcases where you perform for for all these like A and R dudes and everything like that. So oh, yeah. so we're so we get there right, and and all the acts that go in front of us are all like alternative acts. They're alternative acts. They're <laughs> rap. They're they're rap hip hop. They're Ooh. also girls. They're just a bunch of girls with their guitars and singing. Just them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Ooh, yeah. and so and so our turn is up next, right? And, you know, we're all looking at each other and like, and like, before we went on, we had to talk about our set because we were like, oh man, we're going to, we're going to play our really, really heavy stuff here. So we like looked you. at the set we were like, oh, it's too late. Just, just go on. And we went and we played <laughs> and, 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 and I remember everybody was just like in shock and awe. They were like, what the <laughs> hell? And then, you know, we, and then, you know, we get done and like everybody was coming up to us saying, wow, you guys are, you guys are amazing, this and that, and this and that. The one guy came up to this, was like, dude, I was listening, and like, and like, and like, and like, and like, I wanted to fucking kill people because it was so amazing. I was like, chill, dude, chill. Yeah, it, that, that, was, that was a totally different vibe for us, but we, we, we came out and we killed it uh, big time. Uh, the promoters, and, and it was, a, it was, you were playing for record industry people also. Uh, we, there was guys from A&R people, and they came over to us and said that uh, they were shocked, you know, w what we did and loved what we did. We never heard from them again, but they, they loved what we did. <laughs> and uh, it, it was they had a number, you know, they, it was a prize. The winner got uh, I don't know what the winner got, but we um, we got honorable mention over and over that the, these guys, you got to watch out. This, these guys are going to do something. Blacklist nine they're you know the power and everything we played madness and we got all these uh moms that were with their young kids that were performing and the moms were standing up dancing and stuff we're like all right that's cool you know we, we got the we, we actually we destroyed the places we were the only rock metal band that was in there and we did four songs and it, um uh it just we just we killed it, and that that was so funny. That that whole show was one I'll never forget because it was totally out of our, out of where our league, you know, what what, what we're used to playing. And uh, I also remember the, uh, I remember the, uh, I remember the uh, sound guy in the back who was trying to make sure of our sound. I remember I saw him a couple of times, like he was filming the whole set. Yeah. I was like, dude, yeah, he wasn't doing he wasn't doing his job. He was filming <laughs> us because he liked us. <laughs> there may have been a lot of like metal show virgins in that crowd it seems like 
Dude. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I tell the guys what's what's funny is you know I'm you know I'm the older guy in the band. Everybody's thirty and younger, and I'm I'm not gonna say how old I am, but uh, <laughs> you know it's funny because <laughs> when we did a show, one of the shows at the whiskey, and it, it, we're pulling in for the older crowd, and we're also getting the younger crowd. Uh, uh, Grant, we were tearing our equipment down on Sunset Boulevard, loading our our truck and stuff. And uh, Graham comes over and says, hey, guys, you know, to our, our bass player at the time and Kyle, who are the younger guys, hey, hey you know, these, these girls, they want to talk to us when we're done. And they liked you guys. They want to they talk to all of us. And hey, Lonnie, he goes, those old ladies over there, they want to know if you're married. <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy. Okay, thank you. You know, but what we're drawing, what, what I'm trying to get at is that we're appealing to the older crowd, too, because of, because of me, because of the, when they see the father-son thing and they realize, you know, there's an older guy in the band, it's like, wow, you know, I, I can get into it. So, so hopefully, yeah, you know, hopefully more we do draw the, you know, the crowd that, uh, that's, that grew up on Sabbath and Pantera and everything and bring them into the, into the mix and bring the younger, the younger kids in also. So uh, it's, hopefully it's going to work for us both ways. You know, I, sure. I, I understand, like, what I get is, like, you know, the fans feed off of y'all's energy, you know, and the band, you know, you guys are feeding off of each other. So, you know, what I want to know, you know, from that is the writing process. Tell us how, you know, how it all comes together. Where does it begin and how does it become a song? Well, it most of the time, like, uh, I'll come in with a riff idea and, and um, I'll, just, I'll just start making parts to it. Usually I'll jam to a drum track. If, I, if, if, you know, if, if like, uh, my dad isn't available, so I'll just make a drum track and jam to it. But what happens is that, is that he and I will just, we'll just jam on it for, like, a, like a good hour. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll basically record it, and then we'll listen to it. And then, like, we'll come back to it a couple of days later, and then we'll, and then we'll have a better understanding of, 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 what, of what we want in, in the song. You know, do we want the low, the really slow heaviness, or do we want the fast heaviness? You know, so we... So we don't really say, okay, it's this and it's done. You know, we, mm-hmm. we like to take our time and make sure that we're getting quality, not a uh, quantity. Yeah. And so let it go naturally. Yeah. And some of these, some of the songs are funny because I, I, I play a little guitar. Yeah, I'm not, I don't play, uh, play as much as I, I used to, but when I come up with an idea, a riff comes in my head, I'll run up to find Kyle and say, Hey, play this, play this, play this. Oh, because I'll forget, you know, my old age, but I'll forget what I'm doing <laughs> and he'll, you know, he'll get it down and record it and then we'll, we'll work on it. And uh, once, uh, once we get the, you know, the music down, something will pop in my head for a lyric. And then I take off. Cause I, I wrote, I wrote all the lyrics for the first album. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- those are all on me, all those words and the, the vocal arrangements. I thought those were my arrangements also. So uh, it's if the thing it, it comes together. It's it's uh, we start off with with like I said with Kyle, you know, doing something, and I'll come in and to tweak it, and we'll you know like it, and then uh, some pattern will come in for vocals, and that's how we kind of do our our material. You guys have different tunings Actually, for for different like approaches, or you stick with one tuning. Yeah, we have different tunings. Um, we I mean, we only have two different right now: uh, drop C and uh, and uh, we also have D standard, which is a whole step down. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I like I like that tuning because it makes the strings feel spongy. You know, it doesn't really fight against you, if you know what I'm saying. It's like yeah, you know, for those bands, get... those bands. What was that? For those bands, those like real like like I don't know groove oriented bands that you got going on. 
makes yeah. it easier to pull them around. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, but then, but then we need. But for me, like, it's like it's a really big personal taste. But like, but like when it when it drops lower from like from drop C, you know the you know the strings are just you know like a little too like you uh like noodle, you know Floppy. little too noodles for me. You know, so it, it, it doesn't really feel comfortable because it, it, it feels like cause it feels like there's just, there's just no tension and, you know, there's no feel in there. So yeah. By like, you know, drop C and, and a full step down is because it's spongy and, you know, you still get the feel, you still get the action across. So that's how that's that's the tuning to be used. And that's the reason. Yeah, why. I totally agree, man. It's heavy, but it's got that clarity to it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's drop. Drop C is perfect for clarity, in my opinion. You know, I mean, if you if you have, if you have a, if you have the right guitar tone, it can it can really come across very you know nice and smooth and and clear. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Rachel, you had a question. I had a. Oh. Yeah, I had a quick question um, about the the opener and the outro. Actually, first the the album opener. It was just so weird. It was so out there. I'm I'm wondering what influenced that first track. Uh, that that <laughs> no, I want I want to talk about this one. <laughs> I want to well, I, I want to bring this one up. What what? Okay, the 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 shouting that that Graham's doing, uh, the vocals in that. Yeah. What it is, he's ordering a pizza. If if you look at the word, <laughs> see, it's pizza backwards. So he's he's saying, oh. I want a pizza. I want to order a pizza. So I told the guys, let's, let's do something like that. Weird noises and then reverse it. So people think we're, they think we're dark devil worshipers or something stupid. Oh, shit. You know? But that's <laughs> all that is, is Graham ordering a pizza and we, we reversed it. And I, the guys made all a bunch of noises and stuff. I wasn't there when they recorded this and uh, heard the finished product. And I thought it, I thought it was good. <laughs> uh, what's actually funny about that, funny. about the intro too, was that, was that the way it starts with the, with the weird tapping noise. That was yeah. actually that was actually a that was actually an accident. I I actually accidentally hit my guitar and it started going and then and then I, and then, uh, I looked over to Graham. And Graham was like, "Like keep going, keep going. It sounds good." And so and and so um, <laughs> and, and so uh, Graham and I were just like messing with the effects on my on my pedal board. You know, we were just getting that weird. And you know, I start I start hitting my guitar more and I start hitting hitting the whammy bar more. You know, and I was like, "Just keep going." And then. And after like a minute, I just stopped everything, and, and it was just dead quiet. And it was like really, and we we both looked at each other and went, "That's badass! Like that's it right there." Yeah, man. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's and also the um, the outro, the 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 Spanish sounding guitar. Is that you yeah. also? Yeah, I um, I uh, uh, I I've, I've trained in uh, classical and um, flamenco. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, my uh, my guitar teacher uh, Kevin, he uh, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm sorry, buddy. But um, <laughs> but uh, but he 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 personally he brought my playing up to what it is today because before that before that I was all into heavy metal and hard rock. You know you know I didn't like anything else. You know I was that guy. And then after and what was funny was that the way I got into classical music was actually through Randy Rhodes because I. I I heard okay. a classical player yeah. and I went, Oh, really? You know, and I started hearing his solos on like a suicide solution over the mountain. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this guy's fucking tearing it up. So then I started looking around for like guitar teachers. And what ended up happening was that, was that I, I couldn't get along with any of the guitar teachers because <laughs> they wouldn't, because <laughs> they, wouldn't they, 
they weren't nice to me, you know, because see, because 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 I don't play my pick the right way. I play it upside down. I don't play with the pointy part. Mm-hmm. I play with the with the back part. Yeah, and then um, and then um, I also put my thumb over the over the neck like how Jimi Hendrix does, you know. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the guitar teachers were trying. A lot of the guitar teachers were trying to correct that. And but for me, it just felt natural to do it. And they would always get mad at me because I wouldn't listen to them. But I would get mad though, yeah. yelling at me. <laughs> so for a while, I wouldn't take guitar lessons. But until until I met Kevin, he was really nice. He understood, and he would just say, "Try it out, dude. It doesn't hurt to try." And I said, "Okay." Then I started out, and then he then he really brought my my playing up. He taught me a lot about theory, and he taught me a lot about different, uh, you know, different Spanish guitar players. And you know, it was it really brought me up. You know, I got you know, for me, like I'm very like thankful for Kevin for teaching me all that stuff. That's awesome. That's incredible. I have a very um, similar uh, experience. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't get along with long guitar teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. When I heard that outro, it it uh, it really impressed me. I mean, obviously the the whole album was great, but that part really stood out to me. So I hope to hear a little more of that in the future. That was really cool. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we were um, you know to get a little sneak peek. You know, me me. I, I was I was telling Kevin about it and you know me and him were talking about how talking about maybe me and him on a, if we do a next album that me and him should just do like a little win we should do a next album <laughs> he said uh, you know when we do a next album that basically like um him and i just do a jam session at the end of the album you know we were, we were talking about that, that would be awesome like yeah a little spanish jam session i like that you know we can showcase the different things we know so yeah for sure that would be awesome great yeah i would for me personally i would i would i, I would love to do that that's just you know, just it's it would be it would be a great way to honor him. You know, I mean, he's not dead, but being so grateful. We can honor honor Randy that way. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. You go. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, honor Randy. It's yeah. never a bad thing. So you guys are talking about you know um, heading out of California, doing shows, uh, heading east. Um, so tell us, like, where can uh, where can your fans find you? Oh man, <laughs> um, you know if it. As far as like touring, uh, we also have our social media. So we got Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We also have YouTube. You know, we're we're trying to edit some videos. You know, to give to the fans. You know, to show like behind the scenes of uh, legally saying. You know, we're in the process of doing that. So yeah, we we have a lot um, stuff that you can keep track of us. So it's you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that all that fun stuff. But, that's where that's where you'll see our announcements of our shows and stuff when we go on tour and that's basically where you'll be able to hear it or be able to, to, to find out where we're going to be at. Sounds good. Right on, man. Well, we're uh, just about into an hour and uh, unless anyone else has any other questions or comments. Uh, I had another quick question actually. Go for it. About, um, we talked a little bit about concerts and live shows, but I'm wondering if there's a specific venue stage or festival that you guys would love to play in the future. Download, cool. down, yeah, download, oh, <laughs> not fest, sonosphere, <laughs> rock on the range, dude. Like <laughs> yeah, those are, yeah. The, we want to, we want to do the big shows, man. That that's that's been my dream. Uh, when I first started playing back in the '80s, I mean, playing live back in the '80s, and you know, I never got to that status, and now I'm back at it again mm-hmm. with a band that I think is better than anything I did back in the '80s. 
and uh, I think we have the the machine to get us. You know, people. We got if we can play in front of those big crowds. We would they they would appreciate it. I I re- not being conceited or cocky. I just think we have a a good product here, and then and uh, the the band's ready to go. Yeah, man. Well, it definitely sounds like you guys are. You got you definitely have the material. The and you're you're well on your way, man. And we hope we hope to see and hear more from it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate that a lot. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. So uh, once again, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to talk to us. It's been a blast uh, learning so much and, and hearing, you know, you guys' experience. Uh, and, uh, you know, you already mentioned where we could, uh, where fans can find you. Uh, any last, anything, last things you all want to say to, to, to the fans and uh, future fans? Uh, just, just thank you so much, man. It's, 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 since we got on Eclipse Records, things have taken off and, uh, and I just hope for bigger and better things and uh, uh, hope the fans uh, like what we're doing and uh, come out and see us when we, uh, when we hit their town and stuff. And uh, when we get back in the studio, we've got uh, 90% of the next album done and uh, mm-hmm. it's even heavier than what we're doing right now. I'll tell you that. Oh, hell yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Nice. So quick question, nice. when can we expect that? Uh, I don't, I really don't know what, what, uh, cause we, ha- we haven't toured on this album, really promoted it. So later on in the year, maybe, or, or early next year, I mean, we might be, be doing something, uh, hopefully we will, but, uh, it's once again, our, our, you, you can't like on our, on our album, people can't say you guys sound like one thing, you know, you sound like this, you sound like that. Well, this next album, it's going to be the same. You cannot be able to pinpoint us like, Wow, you sound just like Pantera. No, wait, you sound wait. You guys just sound like Tool. You sound like we are. Our, we've got uh, twelve songs that are in. It's different direction again, but it, yet it's heavy and it's got the groove. And uh, I, I'm really excited about what we've come up with. But I'm excited to get about this first album. I just we, we just uh, hope to get on the road and promote it and uh, and uh, get the fan base growing and people liking us. Nice. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Cool. You know, and cool. also to the fans, you know, if you see us playing, you know, don't be shy. Come on up and say hi. Oh, yeah. Always don't say hi, shy, man. Yeah. We're more than welcome to meet. We want to meet everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, for us at the Skeptic Review, thanks, guys. Thanks Thank a lot. You, Thank, we, you. Really Thank you, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. We'll catch you guys later. Guys. Take Thank care. Bye-bye. All right. Later, guys. See ya. Later. So just to wrap up this episode, again, we are The Skeptics Review. Find us at theskepticsreview.com. All our social media links are there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our podcast is here on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google, pretty much everywhere. So find us, follow us, like us, and see you next time.